Oh, don't be don't be ashamed. How many of you have your Christmas trees up? Lots of you. Well, a few of you anyway. How many of you will put it up this week? How many of you will wait till after Thanksgiving? Growing up, that was our tradition. The day after Thanksgiving, mom got we, we got the tree out, put the lights up, got the decorations out. It was always the day after Thanksgiving. But uh, how many of you noticed? Like it, it seemed like Christmas started back in September. At the stores, they were playing. I don't know how it was like crazy early this year. And I get it. It's probably like one of the main times when retail businesses make money is in the Christmas season. So they're like trying to spur it on, right? Spur on the, the buying and the, right? And uh, I, I remember it was back in October. I remember driving around and I, I hate the ghouls and goblins and all that garbage that they put up. But I remember driving around 265. It was October, uh, just uh, north, north of town here. Um, and seeing Christmas lights in the neighborhoods off of the highway. And it's like, this is October. And I was, uh, I think Rachel and I were on the road somewhere. We, we saw some more lights. And uh, she made this comment to me. She said, uh, we were talking about how, how early people were putting lights up. And Rachel made this comment. She said, I think people are sad. I think they have heavy hearts. And they're doing everything that they can to try to find some joy, to, to, to find some hope, to find something. And, you know, Christmas and the holidays, there's nostalgia, there's fond memories and all that. And it does. It, it brings us some joy. It brings us some encouragement. It brings us some hope. My hope this year during the holiday season is that we would have a deeper sense of hope and joy that really and truly can only come from a revelation of Jesus Christ. Amen? Because really... That's what it's about. And the reality is Jesus probably didn't arrive on planet Earth on December 25th. Probably didn't come at that point. But the world does pause and just celebrate the fact that the Savior has come, especially here in the United States. We, uh, Christmas is a big, big deal. We're going to go through a series of sermons starting this week called Wonder. I want us to get our wonder back. I want us to get an amazement of who God is, who our God is, and what he has done for us. I want us to stand in awe of Jesus. Amen? I, I, I want amazement, astonishment, because I, I believe, in, and as I've studied this idea of awe and wonder and uh, just, just being confounded at God and all that he has done, I, I, I see attached in those scriptures joy. There's something that comes when we recognize the greatness of God, the glory of God, the splendor of God, the power of God, the might of God. When we stand in awe of who he is and what he has done, there's something of joy and fulfillment that comes to our life. So I, I want to point to Jesus. I want to point and stir in us the wonder again. I think we become complacent. We, we, uh, and, and then we make Christmas about all that it's not. The big fat guy in the red suit. Right? All of these things that it's not, right? And Thanksgiving is an awesome, awesome holiday. Amen? It's, it's, and, and, I, and I think oftentimes we, we miss the deep contemplation and just sitting in awe and amazement of God and thanking Him for all that He is and all that he has done. I want to encourage you in that this, this holiday season that we would just take time out of it. It's, it. It gets busy. It gets busy. In fact, 
Over the next five weeks or so, we're eliminating as much out of our schedule as a church because it gets really, really busy. And I want you to have family time. I want you to, and we do have our Christmas program December 10th. But I, I want you to have time as well just to sit and contemplate the goodness of God, to stand in awe and amazement of God. So today we're going to talk about all and thanksgiving. Uh, as I was setting this idea of thanksgiving, or, or of all, I started with, with this idea of all. This, this was just like stirring in me. I, like people, people have lost the wonder of, of the holidays, like the, the real deep meaning, just to stand in awe of, of God and what he has done. What, what does the coming of Christ mean to us? What does our, our, the coming of our Savior, what does that mean to us? And this idea that we, we've really lost that. We lost the wonder and the true joy, joy and hope of what the Christmas season should really be all about. And as I, I begin to study the awe of God, I, I come to understand this, that it's attached to thanksgiving. These different verses that I was reading, every time that I, I would go and I, you know, doing, doing word searches, looking up awe, looking up the, the fear of God, these concepts, every time you find these, there is thanksgiving attached to it. There's thanksgiving attached to it. Let's look in Hebrews chapter 12. I've got four passages of Scripture. So there's four passages of Scripture between you and Turkey. Four passages of Scripture that I want to look at. And, and these all have the awe of God and thanksgiving. The awe of God and thanksgiving. And I brought my baseball. Don't fall asleep. I'm a good shot. Just kidding. That's not what this is for. There's a reason. Look, two Sundays in a row, illustrated sermons. Don't get too excited. This, don't, this probably won't be a regular thing, but it just, I saw this ball rolling around the house this week, and I thought that is a perfect sermon illustration for what we're going to talk about today. So we'll get to that in just a minute. All on Thanksgiving, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28 and 29. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And here, here's my last comment. We just got out of the series about the, the gospel of the kingdom. My last comment on the, 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 the kingdom. It is a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Amen? How many of you know God's kingdom can't be shaken? No matter what the enemy does, how many of you know we're going to prevail? The body of Christ is going to win. Amen? We have a kingdom that cannot be shaken. So let us be thankful. And so worship God except acceptably with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire how, how often do we take God for granted how, how low do we honestly esteem God what, what is our perception of God every, every revelation every uh, description of him in the scripture it is about the greatness of God He's a God of power. He's a God of might. He, this, this passage said he's an, an all-consuming fire, right? This baseball was rolling around the house this week. Now, this, this baseball, uh, we got this baseball back in 2015 in Denver, Colorado. We were at the Rockies baseball game, and we got an opportunity to go down on the field and meet some of the players. So this has... Charlie Blackman's autograph, a few players, uh, Nolan Arenado, those are some pretty good baseball players, and uh, bought this ball at the stadium, had the opportunity to go down there to meet some of the players, and some of those players signed this ball for our kids. 
And for a while, this ball had great value. In fact, there may be some monetary value to this baseball. Would have been, maybe. If our dog hadn't been chewing on it for the last couple weeks. <laughs> if it hadn't been rolling around our house, this might have some monetary value. At one point, our boys stood in awe of those baseball players. At one point, it was a big deal to have this autograph on these, base, these autographs on this baseball. Fast forward a few years, it's a dog toy. What happened? Lost esteem. Lost value in the sight of those boys. Right? It's a picture of what so often in our walk happens with our reverence and fear for God. God, in our perspective, if we're not careful, becomes common. That baseball has become a common dog toy. And if we're not careful in our walk with God, in our relationship with God, things can become common. And that is dangerous. In fact, in any relationship, if things become common between my wife and I, between you and I, between your boss, whoever, then things go sideways in relationship. And when we begin to take God as common, we begin to lose a sense of gratitude. Right? We lose this sense of gratitude. Every Thanksgiving, I always think of the story of the lepers in, in Luke chapter 17. And I, and I was reading there, and Jesus heals these ten lepers. He tells them, go and show yourself to the priest. That was the custom. Whenever a leper uh, would be healed, they would go and show themselves. They would be inspected by the priest for confirmation that indeed they were clean. And they could re-enter society. So Jesus heals these ten lepers. He sends them off to go and to uh, present themselves to the priests. And one of these lepers comes back. And there's something that, as I was reading this this week, that, that caught my attention. He says, Jesus, this is Jesus speaking of these lepers. And he said, what is it that only one of these lepers has returned to give glory to God? You see, glory and gratitude are connection, connected. Whenever we esteem something, when you value people, you will be grateful for who they are and what they mean in your life, right? But when people lose that glory, whenever their image is tarnished, whenever uh, we see their flaws or we, we become familiar with them, we get comfortable with them, then, then we begin oftentimes in relationship to mistreat, to, to devalue, right? And there is this... As I said, as you study through Scripture, there were over 20 passages that I read this week, and I've settled on four of them, but that really kind of bring this correlation of, of God, of the wonder of God, of the wonderful works of God, and us standing in awe of that in our heart of gratitude. Okay? So I, I want to look at a few of these. Psalm 107, verse 21. It says, Oh, that men would give thanks to God, or would give thanks to the Lord, for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. 
was talking to my wife about this sermon last night, and she was uh, she gave me an, a sermon illustration. She was talking about our, our boys. Uh, whenever, whenever she cooks, our boys have this thing that they do at, at dinner time, and it's a competition who can show the most gratitude. Thanks, Mom. Thanks for dinner. And, and, and it's taken on uh, a little bit of a sarcastic tone at times. Like it, it's, it's in jest, and there's this, they're, they're competing over, over who can be the most grateful. And, and she said it's, it's come to a point when those things, those um, expressions of gratitude don't really mean that much to her. But it's when one of them comes off on their own, she's in her bedroom and they come knocking on the door and they walk into the room and they say, Mom, thanks for this, that, and the other. thanks for dinner tonight, thanks for whatever. That those sincere expressions of gratitude are the ones that mean the most to her. Right? How, how sincere is our gratitude? Do we really stand in awe of God? I think a lot of times we, we lose perspective of what God has done. How many of you can remember the day that you got saved? Do you remember the glory of that day? Right? It, it, for me, my, my, my moment of salvation, it started in fear and dread, and all of God. And I stood before God knowing that I was undone. I stood before God knowing that I was unclean. I stood before God knowing that I wasn't worthy to come into his presence. But as God dealt with my heart and God did a work in me, that quickly changed to a gratitude for the goodness of God. Right? And out of that came a joy. How many of you remember the joy of your salvation? How many of you remember that day when you felt the, the reproach and the shame of your sin rolled off of your life? How many of you can remember that day? How many of you remember the, you've, you've had an encounter where God filled you with his spirit? The awe and wonder of that, the, the power and the, the glory of those experiences. But then we get into mundane routines in our life. We get into the busyness of life. Things, the things of God become familiar to us. We can read scripture and yawn and ho-hum and goodness, how long is this guy going to preach? What is that? We, we become familiar with God. We become familiar with the things of God. When is this song going to be over? Oh no, a fourth song. How many bridges does this song have? And we're missing out on the opportunity to stand in the glory and the splendor of God and lift our hands and exalt and praise. What is that? God's become common. The things of God have become common to us. We've lost our sense of all. We lost the wonder. We, 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 we've lost the amazement, right? The San Antonio Spurs, my favorite athletic team, Thank you. I became a Spurs fan, and, and you could say, I know. I became a Spurs fan. It was a season of 1984-85, and I got to go to a Spurs game. We, we played in a city championship before the game, and then at halftime, we got to go on the court and get our trophies. And I remember we got to be around during warm-up. We were shooting shots, and all the NBA players began to come out, and all the Spurs began to come out. And I, I'll never forget the day. I walked up to this man and said, George Gervin, it's good to meet you. And he said, I'm Artis Gilmore, son, and walked away. 
Those were some good days. Artist Gilmore and Johnny Moore and Alvin Robinson, they, they had a winning team. In fact, then it, we moved into the David Robinson era. Then we moved into the Tim Duncan era. Then Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili showed up. And, and then, uh, uh, what's his name, the bum that left us to go to L.A. or Toronto or wherever he went. Forgot his name already. Kawhi who? All right, I'm not bitter. <laughs> The Spurs are the winningest all-time professional sports franchise. Now, that may change if something doesn't happen right now. What's, what's the point? When you've got George Gervin in town and you've got David Robinson in town and you've got Tim Duncan, the greatest power forward of all time, taking passes from Manu Ginobili and uh, Manu coming off the bench, sixth man of the year, and they're winning championships every other year, you know what happens? The splendor begins to fade. You just expect teams to win, Right? The last three seasons, you know that during the Tim Duncan era, Tim Duncan never missed the playoffs. Think like, was it, 1920 seasons in Tim Duncan's career. He never missed the playoffs. So you're just expecting the Spurs to win. You're disappointed when they don't win the championship. Like, it's an easy thing to do, right? And now they've got this new guy, seven foot four, blocked eight shots last night. But they're losing. Youngest team in the NBA, right? Now I look back and I realize how awesome those old teams used to be. What a good thing we had in San Antonio during those days, right? See, a lot of times we lose perspective of how great things are. We can do that in our personal relationships, and we do it in our walk with God, right? Psalm 95, this is the fourth passage, if you didn't know, I think. Did I forget my third passage? I will give thanks to you. Psalm 9, 1 1 and 2. I will give thanks to you with all of my heart. I will tell of your wonderful deeds. And I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing the praises of your name, O Most High. Right? He's got God in perspective. The Most High God, he's recollecting all the wonderful works of God, and his heart is full of thanksgiving, gratitude, right? All right, last passage, and then we're going to go eat some turkey. Everybody say, thank God for turkey. Everybody say, thank God for speedy preaching. Psalm 95, verse 1. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. For the Lord is the great God, the great king above all gods. In his hands are the depths of the places of the earth. The heights of the hills are also his. For the sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. O come, And let us worship. Let us bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. For he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture, the sheep of his hand.
right? The, the, the psalmist. It's a psalm, another psalm of thanksgiving. Let, let's, let's come before the Lord with singing. Let's come before the Lord with rejoicing. And, and listen, when, when we have this awe and, and wonder and amazement of God, we will come before his presence with singing. Like we won't need a cheerleader. Scotty won't have to hype you up on Sunday morning when you're standing in awe of God. It's good hyping this morning, Scotty. Going to have to put him on the worship team, too. Let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. I, I, I like the way this sixth verse reads, let us worship, let us bow down, let us kneel before the Lord our maker. Remember that last week? Both, both knees down. Remember the Apostle Paul, we read that passage in Ephesians? I, I come before the Lord with both knees down. When, when, when I think of this, when I think of what? When I think of the great call, the, the great privilege to declare the good news about Jesus Christ. And when I think about the testings that come with that, I'll bow down, both knees. See, there, there was a reverence for his call. There, there was an amazement. He, he was amazed at the opportunity to be called as a messenger of the gospel of Jesus. There was an awe. There was a fear. There was a respect. And this fear that we're talking about, when we're talking about the fear of God, it is not dread. The only time we have to dread is when we're, when, when we're sinful and rebellious. Right? But because God's good. I, I, I remember being drunk out of my mind. This is going back before I got saved. Drunk out of my mind. And I remember sensing the presence of God coming into my bedroom late at night. This was 3 o'clock in the morning. And I remember the dread. I remember the fear. I literally felt, sensed, tangibly, a fear of God. But you know what else was there? A peace. Because I knew the Lord was not there to harm me. That the Lord was beckoning to me. The Lord was trying to get my attention. The Lord was trying to do a work in me. There, God had been dealing with my heart for a, a long time. Right? But, but fear. Fear. Right? If, if you know, we, we, we can lose sight of the greatness of God. This, this psalm says he, he, he's the creator. He, he made the earth. He made the dry land. He made the sea. He's the great God, right? The great king above all gods. The writer here is recollecting. He's got a vision of the splendor of God. And what, what's resulting of that? Gratitude, thanksgiving. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Amen. Our great God, 
the, the creator of this universe, the one who threw the stars out into the great expanse, the one who created every mountain, every ocean, everything that we know in this universe, all matter and all substance came from this spoken mouth. This morning I woke up and he put breath in my lungs. Thank you, Jesus. This morning I, had, I, I flipped the light on and the lights worked. Thank you, Jesus. I had some hot water to get cleaned up this morning. Thank you, Jesus. I went and pushed the button to start my car and it fired up. Thank you, Jesus. I looked at the gas gauge and I had enough gas to get to church. Thank you, Jesus. I walked in and was greeted by a warm, loving church family. Thank you, Jesus. When we get done, we're going to go downstairs and eat turkey and dressing and all of the trimming. Thank you, Jesus. How much do we have to be thankful for? If you had a pillow to lay your head on last night, you have a lot to be thankful for. If you are drawing breath, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. We have a lot to be thankful for. Amen. If you've got life, We've got a lot to be thankful for. We've got salvation. We've got a lot to be thankful for. Amen. He has called us. We've got a lot to be thankful for. Amen. Let's, let's stand together. If I could sing, I would. But that's the best way to lose all, real quick. Is that short, short preaching? I tried. I always tr preach twice as long as I want to. Why don't you just stretch your hands up? Lord, we thank you. You are the great God who created all things. Lord, you're the one who went to Calvary and died for us. I stand in awe of the cross. I stand in awe of your love for me, for us, sinners and rebels. And for whatever reason, you loved us and died for us. It truly is the greatest story ever told. Thank you for enduring the cross. Thank you for saving us. But I thank you that by your stripes we were healed. I thank you that the chastisement of our peace was placed upon you. Lord, I thank you that the reproach of our sin is rolled away. I thank you that the power of sin over our lives has been destroyed. I thank you that death, hell, and the grave are defeated. Lord, we have so much to be thankful for. Lord, we stand in awe of who you are. We stand in awe of all that you've done. Great are your works. Wonderful are your deeds. You're a mighty God. You're a good God. And we stand in awe of you today, Lord God. Father, I pray that you would stir in our hearts again a sense of awe, a sense of wonder, a sense of excitement, Lord God. Lord, restore to us the joy of our salvation. Lord, give us a hope, Lord God, an eternal hope, Lord God, that would spring, that it would be a, a, a wellspring of life in our soul, Lord God. Father, I thank you and I give you praise, Lord God. Father, I pray that every soul in this house today would be satisfied in you, Lord God. Father, we lack nothing in you. We need nothing in you. Father, you are our all in all. And we acknowledge that today. Thank you.
thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Would you just, with sincerity, not like kids competing to impress mom, but with sincerity, would you just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you.